Hello and thank you for logging on to the Memory Gauge, your new favourite Digimon card game podcast. I'm your host Connor and today we are going to be reviewing the decks that we can expect to see this weekend at the North America and Oceania Nationals. Nationals are finally here after much, much waiting, a lot of controversy. They're finally here, they are happening this weekend and we are going to be taking you through the decks that we are expecting are going to be there and doing well at your Nationals event. Very, very exciting. I'm looking forward to getting into it. But first, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who participated in our January series events over the month of January. It was a big undertaking for me personally to run all of those events. It involved me going outside my comfort zone and taking on a lot of responsibility. But Everybody who played in those events was very respectful and they contributed to each event being an absolute blast to play in. So I wanted to take this opportunity to shout out and thank all of our players across the month. Now for our main topic, this past weekend the very first Digimon Card Game Nationals event was held in the EU, that is in Europe. And today we are going to be taking a look at all of the decks that did very well in that event, namely the decks that appeared in the top 16 cut of that event, so that we can get an idea of what decks we can expect will appear this weekend at the North America and Oceania national events which are running. Now, not only is it just a good exercise to practice and analyzing top decks and predicting what will do well in upcoming events, it's also just interesting to take a look at what the very best players in the world are choosing to play. So if you're the kind of player who likes to improve at the game and aims to win and do well competitively at any level, this is the episode for you. So let's take a look now at each deck archetype that appeared in the top 16 for the EU event this past weekend. Firstly, what I think is probably going to be the deck to beat this weekend, Gabumon Bond of Friendship. Now this is a blue deck built around the Gabumon Bond of Friendship card released in BT6 Double Diamond. First, Let's read the card to get an idea of what makes this strategy so strong. And as I go along, I know that these are all very popular decks that most players are probably going to know about, but we're going to deep dive into each of these decks for those players who maybe don't know what the decks are about. And also we're going to take a really intense look at the strategies, what exactly what it is that makes them tick and makes them strong. So pardon me as I explain things that maybe you already know, but I promise that we're going to get to the good stuff as well. So... Garbimon Bond of Friendship is a blue level 7 Digimon card. It costs 14 to play from your hand, 3 to Digivolve on top of a blue level 6. It has 14,000 DP, which is very, very strong. Trades with anything except an Omnimon. And it has two effects. It has when attacking once per turn, if you have a Tamer in play, you may unsuspend this Digimon. And when attacking, return one of your opponent's level 5 or lower Digimon to the bottom of its owner's deck. Trash all of the Digivolution cards of this Digimon. Now, just from reading the card, we can see that Bond of Friendship is very powerful. It can unsuspend itself to attack multiple times in a single turn, which greatly increases the speed at which a Bond of Friendship or Garbu Bond deck can win the game. It also has quite a powerful removal effect 
built into the card because it can either remove an opponent's large level five Digimon before it becomes a troublesome level six or level seven, setting them back greatly, or it can be used to make it very difficult for the opponent to block by removing their blockers before they get a chance to use them. Now in the past, we've seen cards with similar effects be very powerful and do very well. Those of you who were playing the game back in BT4 Great Legend might remember Yellow War Greymon as a deck doing very well because the level 6 Yellow War Greymon could not only unsuspend itself and attack twice in one turn, but it could also remove opposing Digimon at the same time. And Imperial Dramon is a solid archetype even now, four sets on from its initial release because it unsuspends itself for multiple attacks in a turn. And even since the very first set, this combination of abilities has been powerful. Blue Omnimon as a deck dominated the 1.0 format because of the speed at which you could digivolve into Omnimon, remove your opponent's biggest threat, then attack multiple times in one turn to win. In many ways, Garbumon Bond of Friendship is a modern upgraded version of that Blue Omnimon deck. Bond of Friendship decks will always include the two best support cards for the archetype, without fail. It's going to include Matt Ashida BT6, and Gabumon BT6. Now Matt Ashida is a three cost tamer that gives you an extra memory and draws you a card when you promote a Gabumon from your raising area to the battle area. It then also has a secondary effect that lets you digivolve your Gabumon into a Gabumon bond of friendship in your hand for its digivolution cost ignoring its level. And if then if you do you trash the top two cards of your security stack and at the end of your turn if you have one or more security cards you delete that Digimon. Blue Omnimon needed 5 memory to get from its level 3 to its win condition card at level 7. Garbumon Bond of Friendship could do the same thing with just 3 memory, and between Matt Ashida's memory gain effect that is on that card, cards like Hammerspark that gain you memory, and memory tamers like Davis Motomiya setting you at 3, there is often nothing the opponent can do to stop you from reaching that 3 memory threshold and being able to get your win condition onto the board. Gabumon BT6, meanwhile, has a main effect that reduces the cost of your Matt Ashida Tamers, but it's mainly played for its inheritable effect. This effect lets you unsuspend the Digimon above it once per turn when it attacks, provided it is named Gabumon Bond of Friendship. Since Bo Bond of Friendship itself unsuspends once per turn, provided you have a Tamer on the field, this means that your Bond of Friendship can attack three times in one turn if you've digivolved it over this Garbumon, and it will remove a level five or lower Digimon from your opponent's board each time because that effect is not a once per turn effect. Now this is the main core of the Bond of Friendship deck and it's very strong. You need just three cards to get the deck online. You need your Matashita, your Bond of Friendship, and any level three blue Digimon named Garbumon, preferably the Garbumon BT6. Once this combination is assembled, there's often very little that the opponent can hope for, except for a lucky security check, maybe hitting a Gaia Force, or some other kind of removal. There are a number of other cards that make this deck very difficult to beat as well. There's search cards like Strabimon and Garbumon P042, the promo Garbumon that will help you find your tamers, Matt Ashida specifically, and the deck has Davis Motomiya and now also Garbumon EX1, which will help you find your bond of friendship. So although the deck plays with very strange ratios, most of them forego level fives and level sixes entirely, and it needs two cards on to function, that Matashida, that Gabumon Bond of Friendship, 
it can very often find those cards quite rapidly. It also has hybrid cards like Lobomon and Kendo Garurumon, which digivolve over tamers that are used to close out games because you can hold them back in your hand until you absolutely need to digivolve onto a tamer and attack straight away for the game. And that's very difficult for your opponent to interact with. But probably the strongest part of the deck right now, I think, is the card Ice Wall. Now, Ice Wall is an option card from the Classic Collection. It costs one to play, and it gives all of your opponent's Digimon, when attacking, lose two memory until the end of their next turn. When you have multiple Ice Walls, the Garbimon deck can repeatedly leave their opponent at one memory, and then make it nearly impossible for their opponent to attack into them for the win. Now, looking at the spread, over half of the decks featured in the EU Top 16 were Garbu Bond decks. And although the EU and the Oceania and the North America metas are all different, I would not be surprised to see a lot of Garbu Bond Bond of Friendship this weekend. The deck was already popular and known to be powerful, and this past weekend's results are only going to make more players pick up the deck because it did so well. The main weakness of the deck is that it doesn't really have a way to avoid options in security. So decks like Three Musketeers and Security Control will have a good matchup against it, but there's still versions that can get around even this weekend's weakness. So Garbumon Bond of Friendship is in a good place going into this weekend's Nationals events. Alright, now the next deck that featured in the top 16 was Jessmon, and for those who don't know, Jessmon is a top tier red deck built around Jessmon, which is a red level 6 from Double Diamond, again, and its Digivolution line. First, let's read the Jessmon card and give you an idea of the deck's strategy. Jessmon is a red level 6, it costs 11 to play, 3 to Digivolve, it's got 11,000 DP, but the main point of it is it's when attacking and your turn effect. So when attacking, you may play one Digimon card with Systemon in its name from your hand or your trash without paying its memory cost. Your turn once per turn, when you play another Digimon, this Digimon gets plus 3000 DP and piercing for the turn. So early on, Jessmon drew a lot of comparisons to Lord Nightmon, which was a yellow card from the set before. BT5 Battle of Omni. Like Jessmon, Lord Nightmon also plays Digimon for free and gets a power boost from doing so. But like we said, Garbumon Bond of Friendship is a modernized version of Blue Omnimon. Jessmon is actually even more powerful than Lord Nightmon in a couple of ways. Firstly, Jessmon can play those Systemon Digimon for free from your hand or from your trash. So you have far more access to Digimon to play for free. Even if your Systemon end up getting deleted, you can bring them back with Jessmon. Additionally, Jessmon getting piercing for playing a Digimon makes it a really strong attacker because it attacks over blockers and it's very difficult for your opponent to stop. Jessmon itself is a really powerful card, but then there are key pieces that make this deck even stronger. Huckmon is a level 3 Digimon and on play you reveal the top 5 cards of your deck and you add up to 2 Digimon cards with Huckmon, Jessmon or Systemon in their names from among them to your hand. So it can fetch any of the deck's major pieces and you're drawing 2 cards to hand, which is a fantastic rate for just 3 memory. Huckmon is probably one of the most powerful search effects in the game for this reason. It's very rare in a Jessmon deck. You're not going to draw at least one and probably two cards from your Huckmon play. Then Savior Huckmon is definitely the most powerful piece in the deck, which is why it's going to be limited to one copy in the future. It's a level 5. It costs 3 to Digivolve, 7 to play, 7,000 DP. And when it Digivolves, you can play a 
Digimon card with Systemon in its name from your hand without paying its memory cost, and then its inheritable effect when attacking once per turn, if you have a Digimon with Systemon in its name in play, unsuspend this Digimon. So, this allows your Jessmon to attack twice, and it will often use this to either take out your opponent's security entirely, or outright win the game. Then the Systemon themselves are also strong for the deck. Systemon Blanc gives all of your Systemon Blocker, so you can create a huge board of blockers. And Systemon Seal powers up your Huckmons and your Jessmon even further by plus 2000 DP on your turn and your opponent's turn. So a Jessmon board can very quickly become overwhelming with a large number of blockers and a very powerful level 6 Jessmon. And then the Jessmon archetype also has an option card, Judgment of the Blade. So this is cost one to play, and it gives one of your Digimon with Huckmon in its name or Royal Knight in its type, which is your Jessmon, uh, the ability to attack your opponent's unsuspended Digimon for the turn. So coupled with the piercing from Jessmon's effect and the power boost, Judgment of the Blade makes it very difficult for your opponent to keep their Digimon safe and to block effectively. And Jessmon being a red deck also gives it access to cards like Greymon ST1 and Taikamiya BT1 to give it extra security checks. It's not unusual for your Jessmon to attack twice in one turn with one or even two extra security checks, taking your opponent from five security to zero in one turn. The deck has serious one-turn kill potential when it gets set up, and it can be very fast if it gets a good opening hand. The downside to Jessmon is the bricking potential, because the deck has to make room for those white Systemon cards, which don't digivolve, it runs a lot fewer Digimon cards than most other decks, and it can be prone to bricking, or drawing a hand that doesn't have the ability to digivolve, and therefore it stops you from drawing more cards. So, while Jessmon is very powerful, it is a risky deck in a lot of ways, which may put players off it. It also has a bad matchup against Garbumon Bond of Friendship, because... Garbu Bond can remove the Systemon blockers and often it can outpace the Jessmon. So although it's going to be popular this weekend, I expect that we're going to be seeing more Garbu Bond decks than Jessmon decks. The next deck that featured was Three Musketeers. And now this is a purple deck that's much more controlling than the two decks we've talked about so far. Mostly the deck is built around BL Starmon. And let's have a read to get a sense of what the strategy of this deck is might be. So Biel Starmon is a level 6 purple Digimon. It costs 12 to play, 3 to Digivolve from a level 5, 11,000 DP, and it has a couple effects. Firstly, it says when playing this card from your hand, reduce its play cost by 1 for each 3 Musketeers Digimon card and option card with a memory cost of 7 in your trash. Then it also has on play, return one option card with a memory cost of 7 from your trash to your hand. Then use one option card with a memory cost of 7 in your hand without paying its memory cost. So we know from talking about Jessmon, talking about Garbumon, that one of the most powerful things that you can be doing in this game, in any game really, but especially in Digimon, is reducing or outright getting rid of the cost to play your cards playing things for free. So if you get enough option cards or three musketeers into your trash, BL Starmon can be very, very cheap to play and sometimes it can even be free. And then when you play it, you get to return an option card to your hand and then play an option card for free. So you're getting a lot of free value off of your BL Starmon. You're getting the, digi the big Digimon into play for free and potentially also getting 
to play a powerful option card for free. Then the deck is also supported by other three Musketeers archetype cards like Gundramon will frequently feature. This is a black level 6, cost 11 to play, 4 to Digivolve, has 11,000 DP. It has Blocker, and it has when Digivolving, reveal the top 5 cards of your deck. You may use one option card with a memory cost of 7 among them without paying its memory cost. Trash the remaining cards. If you don't use an option card with this effect, delete one of your opponent's Digimon with a play cost of 4 or less. So again, you are getting effects for free, you're getting access to your option cards for free, and then you're also controlling your opponent's board by, usually with these 7 cost options, they're going to be options that remove your opponent's Digimon. So you can play these option cards a lot, play them for free using your Digimon, get a lot of value. Also, you have support cards like Infmon, so this is a 3 cost level 3 purple Digimon. On play, you can trash a card in your hand, and if you do, you return a Digimon card with 7 great Demon Lords, which doesn't matter for the deck, or 3 Musketeers in its type from your trash to your hand. So you're returning your 3 Musketeers from your trash to your hand if you accidentally put them in your trash, or if they get deleted, so you can use them again. You also have cards like Deputymon, which... Is a level 4, it's black, 5 to play, 2 to Digivolve, it has on play, reveal the top 4 cards of your deck, add a Digimon card with 3 Musketeers in its type, and or 1 option card with a memory cost of 7 among them to your hand, trash the remaining cards, then your turn, this Digimon can Digivolve into a Digimon card with 3 Musketeers in its type from your hand for a memory cost of 6, ignoring its Digivolution requirements. So again, you're kind of cheating on costs or cheating on cards. Specifically in this case, you're going from level four straight up to level six without having to go through level five. So even though it costs you probably more memory to do that, you what you spend in memory, you make up for in the fact that you're going straight from level four to level five, which other level six, which otherwise might take you two game turns to play. So you're trading off the memory for the game turns and ending the game sooner, which sometimes can be very, very powerful. Then of course you have all of these seven cost options that you're playing and getting to play for free with your Musketeers cards like Gavolchformer, which deletes all Digimon with play costs of seven or less, clearing out your opponent's low cost board, or Fly Bullet, which deletes one of your opponent's level six or lower Digimon. Powerful removal and especially very good when you can play it for free. And then finally, the deck will usually play two to four copies of Omnimon Zwart Defeat. So Obviously, with all of the option cards, there are a lot of powerful effects coming out of security. Only One's War Defeat then just acts as another powerful card coming out of security because when it's revealed from your security from a check, you play it. And then also you can use it to control your opponent's tamers if you need to Digivolve on top of your BL Starmon or your Gundramon. This is a very controly deck. It has a very good matchup against Garbibond because, as we mentioned, Garbibond struggles against strong options in security doesn't really have a way to get around it you can delete the garby bond and then your opponent is down to security they haven't really taken out your own security but this has a bad matchup against jessmon because jessmon will get access to the red card delicate plan which turns off option cards from security so the existence of three musketeers kind of creates a triangle amongst what we would most people would probably consider to be the top three decks of the format, which are Jessmon, Three Musketeers, and Garbubond, with Three Musketeers kind of edging out Garbubond, Garbubond kind of edging out Jessmon, Jessmon kind of edging out Three Musketeers. That said, given that Garbubond is very, very popular, obviously did very, very well, I would not be surprised to see a lot of people picking up 
three musketeers or security control in order to counteract that people are going to be expecting a lot to see a lot of Garby Bond and they're going to be playing the deck that beats Garby Bond hoping to do well get lucky play against a lot of Garby Bond and then get really really far that's what we call making a meta call people are going to be picking their deck not necessarily because they like the deck or think it's the best but because they think it's going to beat what everybody else is playing and that's why we're looking at these decks today so that I can we can get a sense of the kind of thinking that you need to have in order to make those meta calls all right, moving on to the next featured deck from the top 16 in the EU tournament. We actually had fair representation from Diaboromon, which seems a bit odd because Diaboromon has never really been a top-tier deck. It's been a very fun deck. It's not been a top-tier deck. But once we get into it, you might see why. It's all because of the inclusion of this new Diaboromon from the Classic Collection, Diaboromon EX1. So this costs 12 to play, 3 to Digivolve. It's a white level 6, and it Digivolves from a black level 5. It has 11,000 DP. It has a security effect. At the end of the battle, you may play one Diaboromon token without paying its memory costs. So, again, you're getting a free body on board. We've seen that that's popular all the way through these decks that's one of the most powerful things you can be doing the diaboromon's version is putting those diaboromon tokens out it's not necessarily a digimon but it is a body on board that you can use to attack your opponent and further your game plan then diaboromon also has opponents turn all of your diaboromon gain blocker and that is the really powerful part because those diaboromon tokens which get blocker from this effect are level 6 white Digimon. Now you might remember Garbu Bond's when attacking effect removes your opponent's level 5s and lower. So you can, with the Diaboromon EX1, you can then put out a large number of level 6 blockers and really slow down or even just completely grind to a halt the Garbu Bond deck. Make it impossible for them to get around your defenses. So <clears throat> the reason that we see Diaboromon represented well is because it was kind of, as we have said, a meta call against what the players expected to see. Players expected to see lots of Garbimon Bond of Friendship, so they decided to play the deck that could kind of stop Garbimon Bond of Friendship, and it's really a very clever choice. And I don't want to take credit for for realizing that. That was pointed out to me that that's why people were playing Diaboromon. Then you also have other big pieces. There's lots of Diaboromon cards, probably the other big one, the Attacker. The Diaboromon promo, so 11 to play, 3 to Digivolve from a black level 5. It's a black level 6 with 11,000 DP. And for each Diaboromon you have in play, this D Digimon gets security attack plus 1. So this is frequently the way you're going to close out the game. Have a big board, make a powerful Diaboromon that gets a lot of extra security checks, attack and kill your opponent in one turn. Same as kind of the Jessmon strategy. Have a lot of extra security attacks, win in one turn. So... The deck can put on strong pressure, it can have a lot of bodies on board, and it can be very difficult to get around if you let the deck get away with its game plan. The thing is, you're going to have to really race the Diaboromon to get over it before it gets its game plan going, because once the Diaboromon deck gets that wide board, it is very, very difficult to then get around it. Alright, the next deck that was featured in the top 16 made me very happy, because I just showcased this deck last weekend or last week and played it this last weekend although i didn't do too well uh, obviously this person played better than i did machine Dramon, specifically machine Dramon ex1 so if, for those who might not remember machine Dramon ex1 
is a black level six. It costs 12 to play, three to digivolve from either a red or a black level five. It has 11,000 DP. On play, you can place up to five red and or black cards with Cyborg in their traits and different card numbers and level five from your hand and or trash in this Digibond's Digivolution cards and gain one memory for each card placed. So frequently your Machine Digimon will cost just seven and then it will come in with a bunch of powerful inheritable effects. All turns, this Digimon's DP can't be reduced so it gets around yellow effects, which is important as we'll see in a second. And all turns, when this Digimon would be deleted, you may trash two level 5 Digimon cards in this Digimon's Digivolution cards to prevent this Digimon from being deleted. So if you're expecting to play against a lot of security control, a lot of three Musketeers, decks that are expecting to try to delete or otherwise remove your Digimon, then you would probably want to play Machine Digimon because Machine Digimon makes it very, very difficult for your opponent to do so. I'm not going to get too into detail into the deck because we did do a full deck profile on it last week. If you want to know the ins and outs of what I think about that deck, you can check that episode out. But for those people who don't feel like clicking onto another episode, maybe this is the only episode you wanted to listen to of the show. You have cards like Hagurumon on play. You can trash a Digimon card with Machine or Cyborg in its traits in your hand to draw two. And cards like Ultimate Connection, a one-cost option card that lets you trash a level 5 Digimon card with Cyborg in its traits in your hand to gain two memory and draw one. You draw through your deck really, really rapidly with these effects, see a lot of cards, get a lot of cards into your trash, play your Machine Digimon for seven memory, eight memory, make, a, make it a big level 6 blocker usually. You'll want to get a blocker inheritable in there, maybe give it some extra security attacks, some extra power, and then... You have a big defense, a strong offense, and you can attack for huge swings to win the game. And then you back it up with, quite often you'll use Craniumon as well, which is a black level 6 with blocker itself, and it has all turns. Your Digimon with blocker can't be deleted by your opponent's effects. So just really creating an impenetrable blocker wall for your opponent. Machine Digimon being another meta call by people expecting to see a lot of security effects and it must have paid off for the deck that featured in the top 16 and power to them all right we have two more decks to get through firstly we have d brigade which featured in the top 16 and which is very cool it's nice to see black kind of making a big appearance at this kind of level because for a long time black has kind of been considered the weakest color it's been a bit of a laughing stock so it's nice to see black getting its day in the sun so D-Brigade wants to play D-Brigade type cards. Specifically, it will play cards like Commandramon BT4, which is sort of the backbone of the deck. Commandramon, all Commandramons are D-Brigades. This Commandramon, specifically the BT4 one, costs three to play. And it has on deletion, reveal the top three cards of your deck. You may play one Commandramon among them without paying its memory cost. Place the remaining cards at the bottom of your deck in any order. So that Commandramon and most of your D-Brigade cards are going to replace themselves when they get deleted. So it's going to be very, very difficult for your opponent to get rid of your board. And it's going to be very easy for you to attack in because you attack in with your Commandramon and then it just replaces itself. You attack in with your Digimon, they just replace themselves. So it's kind of a rookie rush that is more stable and is replacing those rookies as you go. You want to play a lot of cheap cards and have them replace themselves. Then at the level 6 end, you also have Dark Dramon. 13 to play, 3 to Digivolve, 11,000 DP. It's a black level 6. 
It has Rush, so it can attack as soon as it comes into play. And it has On Play, return up to five Digimon cards with D Brigade in their types from your trash to the top of your deck in any order. And for each card you return this way, gain two memory. Once again, we are cheating memory costs. We are making our Darkdemon much, much cheaper. Potentially, it will cost just three to play if we can return all five D Brigade cards from our trash to the top of our deck. We can set ourselves up for our next turns, and then we can attack straight away with the Dark Dramon, which is frequently the way that we're going to close out games. Kind of like we use the hybrids in our Garbubon deck, that Lobomon, that Kendo Garurumon, or the way that we might use, say, the level 7 Omnimon with Blitz or Agunimon in our Jessmon deck in the Commandramon deck. We're going to be using Dark Dramon to, once we've wiped out our opponent's security, and it is then safe. We will play Darktrabon. Our opponent can't do anything because it wasn't on the field when their security was being activated, so they couldn't get rid of it, and then it will attack for the win or set us up so that we can win in the next couple of turns. Then we also have other support cards like Tanktrabon, which is a level 5 D-Brigade card, and when one of your other Digimon with D-Brigade in its type is deleted, you reveal the top two cards of your deck. You can play a Commandramon from among them without paying its memory costs. So... All of your Commandramon replace themselves, and your BT4 Commandramon can actually bring out two Commandramon when it's deleted, which is just crazy. Again, you're getting things for free. And then you'll also usually play uh, Dracomon, is kind of a new, really clever tech that I like. It's a blue level 3 from the recent Old Force Vidramon starter deck, and on play, you search the top of your deck for a Digimon with Dramon in its name, and the D-Brigade cards all actually have Dramon in its name, so you're searching your deck for one of your D-Brigade cards. I think that's a really clever use of a card in a way that is, let's be honest, is probably what was intended, because the people making the game kind of have to think about this sort of thing but it feels outside the box and it's a fun way to use the card so it's really interesting to see that kind of fun clever tech at this level but again it's maybe not surprising to look at the top 16 decks in the whole eu region and see that kind of interesting tech because these are the players who are going to be thinking outside of the box so the rushing strategy is really powerful you can quickly outspeed your opponent the problem with that is going to be that all of the decks in the format currently, the best decks, are really, really fast. So your D-Brigade has to be fast and has to be a lot, lot faster than your opponents. And sometimes that just isn't going to happen. But still nice to see the black representation at the top 16. And then the last deck that was represented in the top 16 of the EU is Security Control. Now... If you have not played against Security Control, the point of the Security Control deck is, as it kind of is suggested from the name, not to be built around a specific card, but it's built around a specific strategy, namely having a lot of powerful effects that activate from your security or replace your security, so it makes it very, very difficult for your opponent to take out your security, and then while they're spending many turns, many attacks, losing many Digimon trying to get through your security, you can chip away at them with your own Digimon, so you don't need to be doing as much damage. Basically, you're, what you're almost doing is changing the rules of the game, so your opponent has to delete far more security than you do in order to win the game. You're saying, making it much more difficult for your opponent to win than it is for you. And we will use cards in the security control deck like Omnimon's War Defeat, which plays itself from security, and is going, and then when it's deleted, deletes one of our opponent's Digimon as well. So 
This is an effect that comes out from security. It's one of our main attacking Digimon. And if our opponent wants to remove it, they're going to have to be okay with losing one of the own Digimon as well, making it a very tough decision for them. We'll also be playing cards like Magnadramon, a card from way back in 1.0, a yellow level six, that on play, if you have three security or less, recovers you by two, and also plays level, yellow level threes from your hand on attacking, but mainly it's there to replenish your security, add more cards to the top of your security stack, make it more difficult for your opponent to get through your stack and eventually win the game. You'll also be playing cards mostly like Cordramon, but I have seen some Geo Greymon. These are some cards from the new Old Force Vidramon and Gallopmon starter decks. They're level fours that have security effects that put them into play. So like your Zwart Defeat, you're getting a Digimon into play for free. Once again, we're seeing cheating of memory costs, getting things into play for free, being very powerful. And then the Cordramon draws you cards and the Geo Greymon deletes something with 4,000 DP or less. So you're also either getting more cards for you to use or removing your opponent's resources. The other big card that you will see in very nearly every security control deck, which the most powerful version of it at the moment seems to be a yellow and black base with some red and blue splash. And the reason for the yellow is because of cards like Reinforcing Memory Boost, which is soon to be restricted. It is a six cost option card. When you play it, you look at the top two cards of your deck. You choose one of them to go on top of your security, one of them to go into your hand, and then Reinforcing Memory Boost comes into play, and you can then on a later turn use its delay effect to trash it in order to gain three memory. So Reinforcing Memory Boost is not only going to replenish your security, which is what you want in security control, you want to put more cards on top of your security. It lets you actually pick a card to put on top of your security, and that knowledge can sometimes be really, really helpful. It puts a card into your hand, so you're getting card advantage, you're replacing the Reinforcing Memory Boost, and then on a later turn you're getting an extra three memory, which because all of your cards are very expensive in security control, you want that extra memory so that not only are you deleting your opponent's Digimon, keeping their board under control, but also you're denying them memory as well. Now you also might see some other cards being used. One of the sort of texts that's getting a little bit popular is Sakuyamon. A lot of the strategies being used at the moment, the Digimon being used at the moment, like to hide out in the raising area until they are ready to come out and attack. So you can build up your stack in the raising area, wait until the turn that you are going to win, bring out your Digimon, your opponent hasn't been able to interact with it, and then your Digimon, your big Digimon can attack safely, take out your opponent's security and win the game. Sakuyamon, when your opponent's Digimon moves from the raising area into the battle area, gives it security attack minus two so the digimon deals two fewer security checks so all of a sudden Sakuyamon is kind of punishing your opponents for hiding in raising areas stopping you from removing their digimon so your opponent can't even keep their digimon safe by leaving it in the raising area because they're not going to be able to then bring it out and attack they're going to have to wait a turn and then you're going to just be able to remove it with one of your effects and then they're back to square one Control can be very, very powerful because the nature of the Digimon security um, security gameplay mechanic means that security cards activate for free, means that, again, 
you're getting a lot of free value, namely you're removing your opponent's Digimon for free, you're getting Digimon into play for free. As we've seen across all of these decks, pretty much the most powerful thing that you can be doing in Digimon is getting something for free. This has a really good matchup as well, as we've said, against Garby Bond, which is kind of the deck to beat at the moment. So not surprising that Security Control is going to get played because it has a good matchup against one of the best decks in the format. And as well, for whatever reason, the English-speaking metas tend to like Security Control a lot more than Japanese. The Japanese meta doesn't tend to play Security Control as much as the English-speaking meta, so I expect to see a fair amount of security control this weekend as well. So if you're playing in the Nationals, get ready for security control. Make sure that your deck is able to deal with it because I would be surprised if you don't come up against at least one of these decks. And that's all 16 decks archetypes that appeared in the EU top 16 from this past weekend. Hopefully that will give you an idea of the decks that we can expect to see this coming weekend. A big part of the competitive side of any trading card game is making that meta call. Doing well at a big event will often start with bringing the right deck to play and developing those skills necessary to look at previous events and then make a judgment call about what decks that you expect to play against at the next event is important if you hope to perform well. Now with that said, I'm now going to make a prediction about the winner from this weekend's North America event. My prediction is the overall winner is going to be either a Three Musketeers or a Security Control deck. I think both these decks are very popular. They have a strong matchup against the deck that most people will see as the best deck of the format, Garby One Bond of Friendship. And I just wouldn't be surprised to see these decks do well this weekend on the back of the EU Nationals, as everyone is now trying to decide how they're going to either play or beat Garbimon Bond of Friendship. But I can't wait to be proven wrong. Basically, don't hold me to that because I have a pretty good history of not being correct in the past. So while that is my call... It's kind of a call that I don't expect to be right, if that makes sense. Anyway, you have heard enough from me. Now I would like to hear from you. Now listen, the question of the week is, what deck or decks do you think will do well at this weekend's Nationals events? Which deck do you think is going to take out the win? If you have any questions, feedback, comments, or concerns, or an answer to this week's listener question, you can tweet at me, at ConnorEFMG. Email me, memorygagepodcast at gmail.com. Join our Facebook group, Memory Gauge Podcast, or join our Discord server. And links to all of that are in the show notes. And I am always happy to hear from you, listeners. New episodes come out each and every week, so make sure that you're following the Memory Gauge Podcast on your podcast service of choice so you can stay up to date. And if your podcast service of choice allows you to rate or review the show, please consider doing so. It helps us out a lot. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Memory Gauge, logging out.